Amen. Colossians chapter number two. Listen, it, we just never know what's going to happen. So you know what? I just I just sell out to God. I'm not a Calvinist. I don't believe everything that happens 100% the perfect will of God, but I believe God allows it to happen. Amen. And uh, listen, there's a lot of people that think the providence of God means that God allows sin and, and that God will cause you to eventually commit sin. I don't believe that. No. Amen. I, I just don't believe that. I believe if a man wants to end his life early, he can. I don't believe it's the will of God. Right? He extends life and he, and he takes life. He shortens life. He extends life. Your, your death date can change any day. Right. He could have me on order right now. And God could turn around and say, I'm going to have mercy on Cliff and give him 10 more years. He gave, a, he gave Hezekiah 15 extra, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. God can do anything he wants to do. But just because I got in a car accident doesn't mean it was... Uh, the will of God unless God wanted to deter me from sin or something. You understand? Amen. God's not willing that any should what? Perish. Perish. Right? Who will have all men to be what? Saved. Do they all get saved? If they go to hell, they're going against the will of God. Mm-hmm. God's not willing that any should go to hell. Amen. God gave man a free will and man's free will. I, I like what I was listening to some stuff by Dr. Ruttman. He talked about he, he wants to preach a message on the sovereignty of man. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love to hear that song. Where man's sovereign and he don't think he needs God and he can go against God's will and God's wooing and God's drawing and God's compassion and God's love. And a man says, I don't care how much you love me. I don't care how much you try to reach me. I'm going to go to hell no matter what. God says, okay, go. Right? I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a hard preaching. There are a lot of people who don't want to accept that kind of preaching. But if a man wants to be that stubborn and go, then God says, all right, go. Right? Philippians chapter, or Colossians chapter 2. Uh, I can't get out of this passage. I keep seeing things, and, and uh, it's blessing me. Verse 18, let no man beguile you with your reward and voluntary humility and worshiping of angels and treating of those things which they have not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So we see that somebody's beguiling. We see somebody's puffed up in their fleshly mind. And we see that people uh, are worshiping things they shouldn't. Angels and other things. And they're in the flesh. Look at what he says, verse 19. Not holding the head from which all the body, uh, by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered, and knit together. Increases with increasing God. And what I've got to... See in there in verse 19 is these people ain't holding the head. Right. right? They're not holding the head. And what he's trying to say there is, listen, all these people are doing, look, look at what it says. Uh, in 23, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility, neglecting of what? the body and not in any honor to satisfy the flesh uh, these people they're they're sacrificed like a monk they'll go somewhere they'll start the flesh they'll put on sackcloth they'll isolate themselves they'll, they'll get to a place to where they neglect the body and thinking that's spiritual yeah. you understand and they're putting all the emphasis on the body they're putting all the emphasis on the things that they do or they don't do for example look at what it says in uh, verse 20, 20 wherefore if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world why is though living in the world are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the doctrines or commandments and doctrines of men? What these people are doing is they're worshiping their religion. They're worshiping self. That's 
It's self-worship and what self does. I can do this. Well, I can withstand. I can. I don't have to have a cigarette. I don't have to have a drink. I can. And and what they wind up doing is worshiping themselves and what they can do or not do. And people have power. People have willpower. Amen. Uh -huh. uh, I went to the house years ago and I bought a truck. I bought a little Toyota truck and we went to that house. That guy was immaculate. That guy had impeccable character. In his garage, he had a little little block wall there. He had carpet on it. In his garage, every tool and everything had its place. I mean, this guy was a neat, neat freak. <laughs> Probably a lost man. Put me under divine conviction. Amen. That his life was so in order and he had to, he didn't have the Holy Ghost and I had the Holy Ghost and I have so many things out of order. It means a lot, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And now a guy without order is going to go try to witness to a guy with order. Good luck. You know what he's got? He's got his act together, but he don't have God. Right. There's a lot of Christians that don't have their act together, but they got God. And the world that has their act together can't understand how a guy that don't have his act together have God. Yes. Because they believe that you got to have your act together. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, which is true, train up a man or a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he what? Won't depart from what? Okay, you train up a child. A lot of people say, well, you train up a child in church, he'll, he, won't, he won't miss church. That ain't what it said. He says, train up a child in the way he should go, right? And he won't depart from it. What's it? Huh? The training. He won't depart from the training. You train a child never to pick up after himself, guess what? When he gets married, he ain't never going to do what? Pick up after himself. Amen? You teach a kid never to take a bath, guess what? He ain't never going to take a bath. Amen? You teach a kid not to brush his teeth, guess what's going to happen? His teeth are going to fall out of his head. Hello? You teach a kid to be a slob, and be a slob. Amen? Listen, you train, you train a kid how to clean, amen, and how to, how to do right and have character and put things back, guess what? My dad always told me, he said, when you put something back, guess what's, guess what's going to happen? It'll be where you found it. You left it. So learn to put things back and always be where you leave. Amen? Boy, I found that out when I got in the machine shop and I want to work and I want to have tools. Amen? I put my tools back because I want them there next time. Mm -hmm. And I clean up my job and I take care of it. Listen, it's very important you know what you're doing. And if you want to be efficient, you got to be effective. And to be effective, you've got to train yourself to do some hard things and tough things and go against the flesh. I tell people all the time, I said, well, I'm grinding these parts, they're grinding me. You know what you got to do? you got to train yourself to sit in a chair and sit there and do it. It's discipline. It's character. You know what? I thought about all them days my mama made me kneel and sit in the corner. Put my nose in the corner and kneel. My hands behind my back. Well, you, ain't, you ain't lived till you done something like that, right? <laughs> My mom said, hey, at least you didn't have to kneel on peas and rice. My mom had to kneel on peas and rice. Oh, amen. Make them kneel on stuff. You ever, you ever kneel on gravel? That'd be pretty tough, wouldn't it? Well, she didn't make me do that. But I had to kneel on the corner, put my nose in the corner. Right? You know what? Taught me discipline. You know what? When I got, I got, she made me pick up blend all over the place. Amen? I had to spend hours picking up blend. Go crawling on my hands and knees through the house, all the carpet, picking up blend. I was her vacuum cleaner. Right? Learn how to scrub floors. And, amen? Learn how to wash dishes. Learn how to scrub toilets, bathtubs, sinks, walls, doorknobs. Amen? Windows. Learn how to do all kinds of things. Learn how to paint. Learn how to mow grass. Five years old, I was a power maniac. She taught me how to take the trash out and burn it. Five years old. 
used to send me to the store to go buy things, come back home. She trained me to do a lot of things. You understand? They, my mom and dad taught me how to work hard and sweat. I know how to work hard and sweat. Amen? I was telling a guy today some things that I was trained to do. I can't depart from it. Right? My dad's a block layer, and I had to keep his cement tempered. And then I had to keep the cement in the wheelbarrow tempered, and I had to keep the cement in the mixer tempered, and then I had to keep my dad supplied in his everything, and then I had to be preparing for the next place my dad was going, and I had to be thinking ahead, what's he going to do next? And if you see a guy painting, amen, and you see he's about to drip something, you should have a rag there. You ought to be anticipating what the painter's going to do or the sheetrocker's going to do or the bricklayer's going to do or the carpenter's going to do. And if you're a roofer, amen, and you're helping a roofer, guess what he's doing? He's put down shingles, so guess what he needs? He needs shingles. Ah, guess what happens when you run out of shingles? Got to get more shingles. You understand? And a, a shingler should never have to run out of shingles. A blocker should never run out of block or cement. Even a carpenter should never run out of wood or things like that. You need to be ahead. You, I always had to be taught to be a step ahead of them guys. When you go down a ladder, you carry something up. Amen? When, or when you go up a ladder, you carry something up. When you come down, you carry something down you don't need. Never make a wasted trip. Don't double your work. I mean, my dad taught me that. Boom, 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 boom. Over and over and over and over. You know what? I believe in being efficient. I believe if you, you, need, you don't need to make a wasted trip. Hello? Sometimes you do that. Listen, those are things that I've taught. That's training. Right? You know how somebody gets to learn how to have good penmanship? They practice. Amen. They practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. Listen, things, you, listen, that's what we need to do. In our Christian life, we need to have good training. We need to have good practice. Amen. Practice praying. Yeah. Amen. Dr. Raglan says this. He said the only way to learn prayer is to right. pray. Amen. You know how you win, you know how to witness? You practice. Yeah. Amen. Trial and error. Best thing you do is go tell somebody your testimony. Yeah. Amen. Training, practice. But you know what these people are? They're, they're professionals. God's not looking for professional soul winners. There's a bunch of people that are professional soul winners because they're professional salesmen. And they can go out there and they can talk anybody into anything. Amen. When they can sell you a shirt on your own back, that's pretty good. Amen. But there's people that's got character. And there's a bunch of character people that get in churches and they got a bunch of flesh. Hello? Yeah. I was thinking about this. I was watching sports the other day. I was watching golf, and I've watched some football. You know, you know what? At a college, you know what they're looking for? The best. The best of everything. You know what's going on through our Christian colleges? The best. And you know what they do? They wind up training flesh, and they get professionally trained flesh in these colleges. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just trying to tell you that people can train flesh to do amazing things. And it doesn't mean God's honored a bit. And we can go to churches, they're professional. The piano playing's professional. The singing's just professional. They hold the mic just right. They're all dressed just right. They're doing everything just right. And God will be nowhere there. Listen, they got the monies. The rich folks are putting them in. They got the tuition. Listen, all these thinking Bible colleges, they got paid tuition. Those professors got a paid salary. And people are building their buildings and doing it. And they're running around the churches of America and raping churches and getting the cream of the crop. And they get them. Jack House has had 5,000 people soul winning every week. Four to 5,000. 500 staff members, 35 to 4,500 students. I was soul winning three hours a day, mandatory. Man, if I had 5,000 people soul winning with me, I think I'd have a profession a week. I think I'd have somebody walking down the aisle getting saved. I had that many people out. 4,000 people, three hours a day. What's that? 
$1,200 of soul winning, that's a lot of soul winning in Chicago. 55 million people or whatever's up over there, yeah, I guess you get somebody in. You understand? And then use that as the example. Well, you ought to be using an example. Well, you're taking the cream of the crop from all around the country. And you're using the best. How many of them people are spiritual? You understand? Huh? You understand what I'm saying? I'm just trying to tell you that, listen, Gabriel and Priscilla is going to have to watch one thing in their life. What are they going to have to watch? They was trained. They got character. Amen? And they got to they got to be careful. Listen, God can use somebody's abilities and talents, but they got to make sure God gets in that thing, and they just don't rest on their ability and talents. Right. Amen. Here's the here's the thing. People are will worship. People here got discipline. That's what these people do. They're sacrificing. They're fasting. They're doing without. They're doing things. They're worshiping their own will. I quit smoking. Why can't you? Well, some guys got some problems, man. Right. Well, I lost 50 pounds. How come you can't lose 50 pounds? Right. I can discipline myself. I, I juice every day. Oh, okay. Some people can juice every day. Right? Everybody's different. Everybody's flesh reacts different. My wife's sugar sensitive. Amen? And uh, she can she can put a pine down just looking at it. Right? I can, I can lose a pound and not, not think nothing of it. I can fast. I, listen, there's a lot of different things. We can have disciplines. But you know what? Uh, I like what uh, Bob uh, Lou Guadano said one day about long hair. He said, how long is the hair on your heart? There's a bunch of men get proud because they got a short haircut, and then comes some guy's got long hair. Well, they get proud about that thing. Well, we got short hair. I've had short hair all my life. Bless God, I look like a man. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <sighs> Hello. And, and they think that's their badge of spirituality. That's what he's trying to talk about. People think because they got straight hair and, or decent hair and and a woman's got a nice skirt on and all this, somehow that makes him spiritual. Listen, that's, it's the wrong spirituality what he's talking about here. Right. Is people, people's building and adorning the flesh. Yeah, that's right. You're telling it. Amen? And it's, it's not the flesh. It's the Spirit of God and what He does. And they're not holding in the head. Christ is not preeminent. Yeah. We already dealt with that in Colossians 1.18. Let's go back and look at it. Not holding the head. Verse 18, He is the head of the what? the body of the church who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead amen that in all things he might have what preeminence. preeminence you know what that means first place in everything does Jesus Christ have first place in everything that includes our stinking flesh and our will amen that's what he wants power over right what's he asked you to do is lay down your will right. <laughs> first there must be a willing mind Right about giving over there, right? Second Corinthians chapter number eight. He's talking about you got to be willing. Listen, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies what? A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Listen, we got to crucify the flesh. We got to allow. We got to submit ourselves to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and allow Him to crucify us. Right. We can't crucify ourselves. You might get two feet nailed. You might get one hand nailed. But who's going to nail this hand? Amen. You you gotta submit to the crucifixion, and God will get you crucified. There's enough Christians and a bunch of people out here in the world. They'll finally nail you to the tree and finish Amen. you off. But God wants you to even take your talents and nail them. Listen, I wanted to serve God my way, and God didn't. God didn't accept none of my ways. You understand? There's ways that I believe I can really help God out. God said, "I don't need your help, son." And then He'll take somebody else who got my talents, and He'll use that talent on somebody else. And I'll go. 
Because maybe they got a different talent crucified. Amen. Listen, there's some people that I, I can't figure out why people just got the ability to write and do all kinds of things. They're not using that talent for God. I said, God, why'd you call me to preach, man? There's so many people that get, man, they could they could knock out sermons, they could write books, they could do things. But according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he chooses things that are not. Not to bring to naught the things that are. And yea, even the things that are despised. God will take something that's despised and use it. He said, you know what? I'm going to take that thing that you despise, that you would vomit, that you you would you would turn your back on. God said, I'm going to use that right there. And you know what? You come walking, I come walking into a camp meeting, and other people come walking into a camp meeting, and they come walking in and they go, What's that guy doing here? <laughs> you ever seen that? Amen. I seen a guy come walking into camp meeting one day. Amen. I looked at him, man, his hair slicked back. He had a sports coat on. He come walking in. Some handsome looking fella. And I said, who does he think he is? Man, all of a sudden I had an attitude against that guy. I said, man, that guy thinks he's something. He got up and preached two of the greatest sermons I've heard. Man, God broke my heart. I said, oh my God. He can slick his hair back and dress any way he wants to. God's all over that guy. That's right. You understand? That guy's got crosses. That guy's got issues. I watched that man weep and cry. It's God forbid that he made him a good looking fella. He wasn't stuck on himself, but when he walked in the door, you thought, what's this guy stuck on himself or something? He just had to be good looking. You know what? As soon as he walked in the door, he got a he got a spear from me. Amen. I was like, man, this guy's stuck on himself. He thinks he's something. And God, he probably had to crucify that thing. And he come walking in crucified. Gets up there and preaches, and God's all over. <laughs> Amen. You know what God wants? God wants to have preeminence in everything. And he wants us to be crucified. That he wants to us, to our talents to be nailed at the cross, and he wants us to present our bodies, and then he may not take all the talent that we have and use it because how's he gonna get glory out of it if it's us? Yeah. Now he may take something we have, but we've got to be very careful that God uses that and it's not us. Amen. In all things, not holding the head, verse chapter two, verse. 19, not holding the head. You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to hold him what? In preeminence. Number two, you know what he needs? He needs the predominance. Mm. <laughs> so what's that mean? Hey Amen. You, you need to come down to the altar. Let him put his foot on your neck and lord over you. Right? Ain't that, ain't that what David did? He climbed up on Goliath. Right? He killed a giant and he climbed up over him. And he took that sword, whacked his head off. You know what that was? David was showing, I got predominance over you. I killed you, and I took you out. You know what the Lord wants? The Lord wants you to lay down, and he wants to put his foot on your neck, show that he's Lord. He wants that predominance over everything that you do. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll what? Direct thy path. Lean not that I don't understand him. In all thy way, acknowledge him, and he shall direct us. Listen, that's what he wants. Trust not in our own ways. You know what man wants to do? He wants to trust his own ways. You know what man wants to do? He wants to make arm of flesh. He wants to trust his flesh. He wants to trust his strength. He wants to trust his own abilities. Amen? It's real easy to do that. And God wants us, that's not beholding the head. He says, we're bought with a price. We're servants of the Lord. He said, we're not our own. So who am I to call my own shots? 
Who am I to get up and say, God, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to live for you, and this is where I'm going to serve you. You know what that is? That's self. It's will worship. I'll do it on my terms. I'll give what I want to give. I'll go when I want to go. I'll do what I want to do. God, it's my way. I'll serve you my way. God doesn't want that. That's what he's dealing with in Colossians chapter number 2 here. A bunch of people that want to do it their way. He says, you better be, beware of those people. You, be, you better be careful some man don't beguile you because they're religious and they want you to follow their religious patterns. God said, I ain't in all that philosophy. I ain't in all the rudiments of the world. I ain't in that will worship. I ain't in that worshiping of angels. He said, somebody's beguiling you with all that stuff. The bottom, the bottom line is I want you to be hold the head and I want you to be crucified. He said, where does it say crucified? Let's look at this. Right? Wherefore, verse 20, if we, if ye be what? Dead. dead. There's your crucifixion. <laughs> if ye be dead, what? With Christ. With Christ. See? Paul said in Galatians 2.20, For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, I am crucified with Christ. He wants you to recognize that you're co-crucified. He wants you to lay down your will, your life, and yield your body for his service and allow his spirit to fill you, lead you, guide you, and direct you, and do what you, he wants done instead of what you want done. What are these people doing? They're worshiping the flesh. They're worshiping the will. They're doing what they want to do. They're serving God their way and not his way. Amen? They're not going to trust their future with him. They're going, to, they're going to direct their own future. Right? Look at what he says. Not holding the head. God wants a preeminence. God wants predominance. Mm. He wants to be Lord over you. Let me take a while to work some of that in. Right. Amen? Everybody don't get that complete surrender overnight. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes the way we give in is we give Lord an inch at a time. Yeah. Amen? You can have, okay, Lord, you can have my feet tonight, but I still want to keep my hands. Lord, you can have my ears, but I, I want to keep my eyes. Okay, I promise I won't look at the rock and, or listen to rock and roll, but can I keep looking at the swimsuit issues? You understand? I mean, that's what people do. They surrender some. Mm -hmm. They don't want to surrender all. Amen? But he wants predominance in everything. He wants to be Lord. And the goal is to have him Lord of all. And you Calvinists out there say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That makes good preaching. But there's very few people that own that up to practice. So he'd like to have absolute surrender. Andrew Murray wrote a great book on it, Absolute Surrender. That is fantastic. That's what he wants. And there's things in our life he wants to get rid of. And one thing, one time I quit golf. And Brother Eastep came up and he goes, Clifford, you want to play some golf? And I said, no, preacher, I gave it up again. I quit. He goes, maybe God just wants you to learn how to control something. Yeah. Instead of always quitting. Right. You know what? That was, that was pretty deep. Amen? Because sometimes it's easy just to throw everything out the window and then say, I got no responsibility. But is that any character or training in me? It's pretty good. Amen? I, I liked it. And so we got to be careful just throwing everything away. Amen? There's a bunch of books my wife had. She thought she had to throw them all away once she got saved because it wasn't by her. So she threw a lot of classics away. And then she kicks herself and says, you know, those really weren't sin. You know, you're reading secular stuff and things like that. There's things you can learn. And, and uh, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's wrong as long as, like Brother Nick was saying, that 
as long as you know the truth, you can you can right. discern what's good or not, especially when you're studying history and things like that. And so uh, God wants to teach us disciplines. And God wants us to be diligent. And God wants us sometimes to work on areas of weakness versus strengths. And a lot of people want us to work on all our strengths. And you know what? Some people, like Richard Sandlin said, he's talking about, Lord, I'm just weak. I can't, I can't, I can't. He said, the problem is you're too strong. That's what the problem is. Because uh, weakness even means strength. Yeah. It's just, it's not, a, it's not the strength that you think it ought to be up to. Yeah. And what people do is they wind up building their flesh and they build up strengths and they build up strongholds in their life instead of allowing God right. strength to come in and work through that. God told Paul, he said, my grace is made perfect where? In weakness. And the last thing an old-fashioned independent Baptist wants to be is weak. Real men don't want to show weakness. And sometimes God's got to break us really hard to show us, you know what? I want people to see your weakness. I want them to be able to see there is a flaw and a chink in your armor, buddy. Amen? I can't do everything. Amen. One of the most humbling things I ever did, I stood a bunch, a front, a bunch, in front of a bunch of brethren down in Alabama at prayer week, amen, on a Friday night around that old rock altar, and I sat back and I said, fellas, I need your help. I can't do it. I humbled myself and exposed myself spiritually in front of those men, and I begged for help. He said, what? I had to make myself weak. Let them know I can't do this thing. Amen. I was there the first week I was praying. In the middle of the week I was praying and, and I was trying to get a hold of God and I was praying and and, uh, and uh, God goes, what do you want? And I said, God, I'm dry. I want a drink. He said, well, stand up and tell me that. I said, what? He said, cry out to me and tell me you're dry and you want a drink. I said, God, in front of everybody? I mean, they're good. He said, stand up and tell me what you want. You talk about humbling. You got men all around the woods. Everything's kind of mellowed out. And it's kind of quiet. And I got to stand up. My heart's about to bust out of my chest. And I'm standing there. And I go, God, I'm dry. I need something from you. I'm thirsty. And nobody expected that cry to come out. And I begin to weep and cry. And I hit my knees. And when I hit my knees, there's some preachers got up and one big old preacher, about six five, about three hundred pounds, come and laid on top of me. <laughs> huh? I got smothered, wow. amen. Amen. And he he come and he wept all over me and and uh, but you know what? God said, "What do you want? Yeah. Expose yourself." Amen. Cry out to me. Show you're weak. Don't come down to prayer week down here and act like you got it all together and you're a superhero praying. Show them. Expose yourself. Amen. Flesh don't want to do that. People don't want to admit that they're weak. But listen, weakness a lot of times means strength. And a lot of people need to get to where they totally lose strength and just give over their strength and their will. That's what, listen, God battles men's wills. Amen. In child rear, you name it. In, in marriage, in home, in church, in leadership, it's a constant battle. Whose will's going to exert who? I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. You know what I got? Preeminence. Amen. I got to hold the head. Preeminent, number one. And then he's got to be dominant. And then you know what? When it means beholding the head, it means 
I got to have his presence. I can't live this life without the head. He's the one that gives me direction. He's the one that tells me what to do and how to live. Listen, I seek him for direction. I got to have his presence. Amen. Next. Man, I'm running out of time already. I can't believe that. Maybe we'll cover this next time. Not holding a head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together. You know what we need? We need nourishment. Amen. What's nourishment mean to you? Substance, food, nourishment. You get something, you get energy from it. Right. Right. When you eat something, your body breaks it down and converts it into sugar, which gets into your bloodstream, which gets into the blood cells and gives you energy. You need nourishment. You need energy. You need strength. You need power. Where does that come from in a Christian's life? Let's look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter number 1. Hey man, I, I need this power. I, I need this touch. I need, I need something from God. I can't walk in my own strength. You understand? I need a source that's stronger and greater than I. I need an external power to do something in my life that's supernatural, that exceeds the natural. Look at what he says in verse 19, Philippians 1.19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of what? Spirit of Jesus Christ. You know what I need? I need the supplies that the Holy Ghost of God can deliver in my life. There it's talking about Him Himself. But I need Him. He came into my life. He said, I'll give you another comforter. And He came in. And I need His fruit. You know what? You eat fruit, you get what? Energy. You get that natural sugar that comes in. Well, I need that spiritual fruit. That fruit's just not for other people. That love, that joy, that peace, that gentleness, that goodness, that faith, that long-suffering, amen, that temperance, that meekness, that's all designed for fruit for me. I need that. I, I need spiritual nourishment. Faith coming by hearing, hearing what? By the Word of God. Let's look in the book of Galatians. Turn over a couple pages to your left. Galatians chapter number 5. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of, God. word of God. I need to hear the word of God. You know what that is? That's my spiritual nourishment. Right. <laughs> the right. word of God. I need nourished. Amen. Look at what it says in verse 6. For, for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth thee nor uncircumcision, but faith which what? Worketh by love. Amen. Your love for the Lord Jesus Christ, His love for you, amen, will be a propeller on your little faith boat. Amen. And that'll help motivate you and move you. What? Faith works by love. Amen. Your love for God, amen, will compel you to do something for Him. Yeah. Amen. Your love for God will compel you to be in the pew. Your love for God and His book will compel you to be in that book. Your love for God will compel you to get on your knees and talk to Him and have fellowship with Him. Your, your love for God, amen, will compel you, amen, in faith to go out and witness and tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. Why? Your love will compel you, faith. Your love for God, you'll want to contribute to Him and you'll stick something in His hands. Amen. You'll do something for sinners. You'll do something for His glory. Amen. You'll put it all out there on the line. Why? Because faith worketh by love. 
Amen. Amen. I need that nourishment. Yeah. Faith come by here and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Titus chapter 1 that he manifests his word how? Through preaching. Through preaching. Let's look at Psalm 19. Psalm 19. I need, I need spiritual I need spiritual nutrition. Nourishment. Amen. Every day I want to eat. Job said I esteem his words more than my necessary food. Amen. If we'll get hungered for this book more than we're hungered for the things of this life. Amen. I get that nourishment where? From his words. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statute of the Lord are, are, are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and all righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about his words. Amen. <laughs> he's talking about the law. Boy, I tell you what. You know what I need? I need that honey. You know what honey does? Honey, amen, is a sweetener. And it gets in there. And your, your body loves that honey. And then blood cells love it. And they get to craving that. But you know what we do? We want to put artificial sugars in, don't we? We want to put unrefined sugars in our body that's instead of natural sugar. Right? God's designed fruits and honeys and different things and to supply. To supply the nourishment that we need. And the problem is in Christians' lives, we're so full of junk food, we don't want the real thing. And there's spiritual junk food everywhere. Hey. <laughs> First Peter chapter number one. I need nourishment. I, I need to be nourished, and uh, I, I, I need I need a daily supply of the Word of God. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two verse two. He said, "As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word." Do you see that? That you may what? Grow thereby. Grow thereby. You know what? You need the milk of the Word to be nourished. Amen. He says over there in Matthew 4, 4, what's he say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what? Your Bible's like an onion. Bread. Yeah. Amen. I need a good hot loaf of bread yeah. with butter on it. Amen. And a good glass of milk to wash it down Amen. and maybe put a little bit of honey on it. Hey, there you go. Amen. And maybe God will put it through a little trial and toast it for you. Uh, I like toast with honey and butter on it. You know what it's for? It's nourishment. Amen. I need spiritually nourished. Yeah. Even me, you have to cook. Hebrews chapter number five. Amen. Hebrews chapter number five. Amen. I tell you, I like it. Yeah. Hebrews chapter number five. Verse 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become such that they have need of what? Milk. And not what? Strong meat for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs unto them that are full age. Yeah. Amen. I like getting old fashioned steak of the word of God. I'm telling you, the last time Brother Gabbard was here, he oh, threw some filet mignon at yeah, he, he brought some things out of that passage in 1 Kings 17. And yeah. I go, where on earth did he see that stuff? Yeah. 
Amen. He brought some nuggets out of the Word of God, and I go, the only thing you know is that man of God spent some time in that book. God right. revealed him something. Amen. Amen. That's what I love. I love meditating on passage scripture, and all of a sudden something jumps out, and I go, whoa. Yeah. You know what that is? That's meat. Yeah. And that's strong meat. And there's some things, amen, that people can't take. And one of the things is, is men that are getting fed sometimes things, and they go in, they try to offer some people some steaks and strong meat. People can't take it. Yeah. Amen. That's a danger for evangelists and missionaries and people that go in to try to help a church. And this church may have been around 20 years, but they might have just a bunch of babies. Yep. And they can't grow. You're right. And then there's places that babies want to grow and get some meat. Yep. Amen. And you know what? That preacher don't know how to give it to them. Yeah. And some of the problems with is like a mama, what they do is you got to have them give them some hamburger. You know what hamburger is? It's ground chuck. Amen. You got to grind it up. Amen. Pat it together. Fry it up. Amen. Sometimes the preacher got to chew it up before he can spit it out. Right? Sometimes we don't spit it all out right. And uh, people gag on it. We got to be careful. But you know what? Look what it says. But strong meat belongs to him that is full of age, right? Even those who by what? Reason of use. These people are people that's going to use the words that they're studying. Right. They're going to take what they're learning and they're going to take and they're going to distribute it out to others. There you go. And when you're out distributing it to others and you're using it, look at the, what it does. Look at what it does. Who by reason of use have their senses what? Exercise to what? To discern. Between what? Good and evil. You want to know what's wrong with American Christianity today? They can't discern nothing. That's right. They can't discern whether they got the Word of God or they don't have the Word of God. They can't even discern where the New Testament begins. They can't discern nothing. You begin to start rightly dividing, they freak out. They begin to choke and spit and hack and cough. They don't know nothing about the Word of God. Why? Because they ain't, they ain't got no discernment. You know how many Christians are out there living in sin and living carnal? And they say, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Discernment. They ain't got no discernment. <laughs> they can't discern what's right and what's wrong. Come on. I mean, it's not necessarily that they've got their conscience seared. It's just they ain't got no discernment. Right. You know what he says here? They become such as have need of milk. Yeah. What's that mean? Yeah. It looks like to me somebody's backing up. Yeah. Let me ask you a simple question. I'll be done. <laughs> and I'm not saying this in a wrong way. What do old people become? What, hap what happens in their life? They regress back into a baby. A baby's born, don't have hair. We lose our hair. Baby's born, don't have teeth. Lose our teeth. Right? A baby's born, can't speak. Right? Can't communicate. Guess what? Old folks get to the place where they can't communicate. Babies drool all over themselves. You know what adults do? They drool all over themselves. Babies wet and mess all over themselves. You know what adults wind up doing? Messing all over themselves. You know what they do? A baby comes out, curl up in fetal position. You know what the adults do? When they get down to the end of their life, they curl up in a little fetal position. Yeah. Listen, that's regression. That's going back to where they started from. That's a cruel period of time. But that happens spiritually too in people's lives. They get to where they're not going to use what God's given them, and they'll regress spiritually. And there's churches full of people that's just died and dead, and spiritually they're drooling in the church. I'm not saying that to be cruel. I'm just saying that to, that's an honest fact. Right. And spiritually, those things are happening. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to grow. Yeah. Amen. And I ain't got time to get onto it, but Colossians there. Amen. Maybe we'll get into it the next time. 
We're talking about being nourished. I want to be nourished. I want to grow. I, I want something from God. I expect him to give me something when I come to his book. And I've read this passage over and over and over again, and it's something just keeps jumping out. Something keeps talking to me. Well, in verse 19, it's still talking. It said, holding not the head from which all the body, amen, from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered. Mm -hmm. Amen. What, what carries all that nourishment in your body? Isn't it the blood? The bones do? See, what happens is, is you take it in through the mouth and the digestive begins. you got a digestive system which produces and helps the circulatory system, which helps the nervous system, which feeds the brain. The blood goes up through the heart, through the brain, and the heart pumps it all through. Right? And it carries all that nourishment to where it's got to go. Yeah. Amen? And, I mean, it gets everywhere it needs to go. There's cells everywhere in my body. And uh, so it's ministered how? I believe through the blood, right? Mm -hmm. And the, 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 does marrow in the bones have blood? Um, no. No? I studied biology, but uh, I think uh, the marrow is actually like the, sort of the breeding ground for our white blood cells. White blood cells? Yeah. And how does it get to the system? When you get an infection, how's blood, white blood cells get to where they need to go? I know when they got leukemia and stuff, I know it's a blood disease, but it's also they go into the, the bone marrow and they, they do a lot of bone marrow transplants and all that. I don't quite understand all that. But it's feeding. We're being fed somehow, nourished, and it's being ministered. It's a ministry. This is the ministry of the head to the body. Amen. To, to provide nourishment. And that nourishment provided to us is a ministry. <laughs> That's the ministry of the Holy Ghost. That's the ministry of preaching. That's the ministry of the Word. That's the ministry, amen, that's working on us. We need this to be ministered to us. And then I like what it says, and knit together increases with the increase of what? We'll close there. That's what we'll get into next time, the increase of God. You know what God wants? God wants to increase in your life. Amen. He must increase. I must, I must decrease. decrease. Amen. Gabriel, Amen. dismiss us, please.